0: Good morning saints of our Lord and welcome to Thy Strong nice Word. I'm your host Brady Finner and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartum, Minnesota. This next hour we have the joy and honor to study the gift of the inspired and true word of God and the word made flesh. And as John tells us in John chapter 1, it is this word made flesh who gives us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And we receive his grace today in the final chapter of 2 Thessalonians. And this also ends our series on Paul's letters. We've been doing this, well, for a very long time, since January. And Paul reminds us today as we ended that this Christian walk is not something where we just sit idly by. No, it is living and active and never growing weary of doing good. And we do this knowing full well that the Lord is faithful, will establish and guard you from the evil one, and he is always there, our Emmanuel. This morning, the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. And Thy Strong Word is generously underwritten by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word, we have with us regular guest, Pastor John Lukomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO. Pastor Lukomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: Okay, Brady. <laughs> All right. So what what are we doing? Because that's not the chapter I was given, but we can do it.
0: <laughs> oh, come on, Second Thessalonians three.
1: <laughs> no, I had I had First Thessalonians three. Well, that's okay. We can do Second Thessalonians three. Just give me a second.
0: <laughs> you know, this is why you need to reply to my text. I texted you this morning. Uh-huh.
1: Did you text me this morning? Oh, I my. did. I did. Did you really? <laughs> I, I did. Look Let that. me that. Check it. There again. it is. Okay. Yep. I texted you.
0: I texted <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's in, do this. I let's was do still this. in
1: bed when you texted me, but that's okay. We can do it. That's fine. I think Go I ahead.
0: texted you 20 minutes ago, wasn't it? No, I was kidding. Anyways. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I said. I was still in bed. <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: Well, a blessed my Easter. my robe right now. <laughs> that's yeah, right. A blessed well, Easter
1: to you, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me this. What's happening with wrestling the, with the basics with you and Pastor Clark?
1: Oh, we've been having a lot of fun. You know, it is the Easter season as it is, and so we've been just going through the the different Easter Gospels. Uh, uh, Mark, of course, is my favorite because I like the people leaving in fear. <laughs> so, Interesting. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just—because I think that's the problem. We, we come to Easter and we get all the excitement and all the celebration, and then uh, then the next Sunday comes and everything's like it's just back to where it was. Where I thought, well, what, what happened? I thought he's risen. I thought he's risen Indeed, and apparently, so it's nice to realize, well, yeah, the first resurrection, too, it didn't immediately change everybody's life. There are a lot of people, in fact, don't you love that passage in Matthew where it says, and some still doubted. And this is weeks after they've seen him present from the grave. Uh, But yeah, so that's what we've been doing. We've been doing the Easter stories, Matthew, uh, John, uh, and Mark. Uh, so that's kind of been our focus. 1 Corinthians 15, you know, that great passage about...
0: Absolutely. Uh, Resurrection all chapter. Psalm
1: resurrected. Yep, yep, exactly.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, oh, wonderful. That's good to hear. That is good to hear. We are... Uh... It, it, we're, we're literally at the end of our epistles. We've we started in January on um, January seventh, and now here in April we are done. Uh, we are done with the epistles that we're focusing on. I'm going to speak a little bit more after our break and where we're going to go next. But this Good. is the end. This is the end of uh, the epistles that I'm focusing on, and it's really fun to kind of, to end with this passage. And I want to do this, Pastor is I want to read the last two, the last three verses. I want to start at the end. And, you know, just like how we as Christians go to the end to see the hope we have so that we can live different for today. And part of this is motivated by a few things going on in our world. So I'm going to read 16 through 18 and then I'm going to ask you to pray. So let's look at these words. Sounds good. Now may the Lord of peace, oh, excuse me, uh, to our listeners, we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is a sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, besides Paul proving, hey, by the way, this, this penmanship is mine. I don't know. Maybe he had bad handwriting or something. Who knows what was going on? But, um, but he's definitely saying, this is me. This is not somebody else writing this. I love what he says in 16. Now, the Lord of Peace, the Prince of Peace, right? This is how it, how it says, himself give you peace at all times in every way. I love how he writes that because that is something we always need is the, the peace that surpasses all understanding, um, the peace of our Lord. And I and I want you to, if I could ask you to pray this morning, Pastor um, John, if you could pray. Because, you know, right now in the state of Minnesota, you know, there's been issues with um, the oh, Twin yeah. Cities yeah. and Brooklyn Center and and all of these things. I prayed with my kids this morning and and quoted um, from John 14, where he says, Peace I give to you and peace that I am, um, that your hearts may not be troubled. And and then my son kind of said to me, Dad, is it, is it going to be bad today? And I said, I don't think it's going to be bad, but we do need peace. And so um, that's what I pray for today, not only for Minnesota. Obviously, this affects all of us, but it is something we need peace. So that's my request today, this morning.
1: All right, let's pray then, Brady. Yeah. Um, So we thank you, O Lord, that you you come in your Holy Scripture, and and you remind us of what what maybe we forget sometimes, especially when things are going smoothly and well, that, that what we need is peace. Uh, because the fact of the matter is even when we don't experience it all around us the effect of sin and the, the devil who is the prince of this world is uh, having the, its influence. Um, and so we do pay, pray particularly for those parts of our nation that find themselves uh, in, in great conflict. And, and it's a scary thing but it seems like every morning we get up and we find there's another area where there's been shooting and where there's rioting and violence and what have you. Um, but we pray for even beyond that, O oh Lord, a, a, a spiritual peace, a peace that we can have even in the midst of the conflict that surrounds us in the world, uh, a peace, as as Paul says here, that comes from the knowledge of your presence with us, O oh Lord, and certainly you've <laughs> promised to be present with us not only in times of joy and blessing, but you have assured us you would be with us during the time of trial and struggle. But, O oh Lord, we we would like to have a little of that peace here on earth as well and so uh, grant us that if that's possible on this day uh, in Jesus name we pray amen
0: Amen thank you John today a uh, reminder to our listeners if you have any questions concerning our text today especially if you're at First Thessalonians 3 Pastor John will know all about that <laughs> evidently um, but drop us an email kfuo at kfuo.org as we look at Second Thessalonians chapter 3 this morning um well, where's the second you know, Thessalonians? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I
1: was going to say it actually works out pretty good because <laughs> you've you've brought us to this beginning with with peace and and you know I've got family up in Minnesota too so I I appreciate yeah. what you're saying it it it's not and we had that down here in St. Louis when we had all the issues in Ferguson and it's kind of scary to realize yeah. well maybe I don't want to go into Minneapolis or I you know because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to run into um, but but I, what, what's appropriate <laughs> going back to first Thessalonians. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. because yeah. this is what Paul experienced. Right. You know, yeah. if, if, if you hear these words about peace, you think, oh, yeah, there's Paul and his peace. Uh, what does Paul know of peace, right? I, I mean, all of this stuff is taking place in his his missionary journey, and he got run out of Philippi, and then he got run out of Thessalonica, and then they followed him to Berea, and they, they drove him out of there. So so when, when he talks about peace, you got to understand he's not talking about a, a lack of conflict because his whole ministry— History was nothing but conflict. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And, And that's exactly right. Because when we look at everything that he writes, there's definitely a, it's not a feel of PTSD. It's truly a, you know, something has happened and you can tell there's great joy because, you know, he sends Timothy back. Uh, yeah. To the Thessalonians, and he comes back with good news and 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 then and then there's all these other questions that come up like for us in chapter two, he speaks about the man of lawlessness. That, uh, you know, has Jesus come already in uh, the second coming? No, by the way, there's going to be this man of lawlessness that's going to come. So there's there's really a back and forth feeling throughout these epistles of, of the great joy he has, the frustrations he has with people trying to drum them up with questions that aren't, aren't really relevant. And I think that's true for our world today, too, is... Um, What is the main issue? And the problem is there's brokenness in this world. And how do we break that down, making sure we're seeing each other as as ones redeemed by Christ and moving forward in that way? And that's we address it like Paul does is, uh, hey, let's look back to the grace of Christ and look for him for peace. So yeah, um,
1: well, well and, yeah, and see, I would think that that's what's neat in that verse sixteen you read. So he's talking about the Lord of Peace, but but mm. that that's the thing. He's the one you want peace. You're not going to find it in the world around you, as you said. You've got the man of lawlessness. In in the in the chapter I studied, <laughs> you've also got <laughs> Satan mentioned. <laughs> yeah, right. So right. so so no, you you will not. If, if you're looking for peace in the world, you're looking in the wrong place because the only place or person, I suppose, that you can find peace from is from the Lord, Jesus Christ. And, and in fact, isn't that the beautiful thing? He says, the Lord be with you all. There, There's where you're going to find peace when you realize, mm-hmm. as Paul says, I, I can take care of everything. I can take care of abundance. I can take care of poverty because I know, I know that the Lord's going to be with me no matter what happens.
0: And this is, you know, peace uh, Lord of Peace himself, right? so you said, yep. the person yep. gives peace, give you peace at all times in every way and uh, and that's why you know we went through this verse already is because that's what we need. Every day, every situation, because well we get anxious and we start saying and doing things we shouldn 't be doing, any other thoughts and, on first Thessalonians in general pastor
1: well, well, just <laughs> going back to that that phrase, all times yeah. in every way Don't don 't see that 's what he 's saying because the world understands peace. But but the world understands. It says, "Well, I'm feeling happy and I'm feeling good and things are going the way that I want them mm. to go, mm-hmm. and and that's as good as the world can give you." Okay, and mm. and and here's the thing because we've been reading these uh, uh, devotions and 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 the guy made a good point. It's not that Christians are against that. <laughs> you know, I got to thinking that sometimes maybe the way we, we preach, we give people the impression that, oh, yeah, we're all in for suffering and toil and trouble. And no, no. Yeah, we God gives us a lot of good things on this earth, and we should rejoice and celebrate that. It's just that's not the source of our peace. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the thing, because we know full well that that wonderful blessing is going to come to an end it just is and, and so if that's where our peace is at then then we're going to never have peace we're just going to be constantly being sad so in all times and in every way yeah no then we can have peace because the lord is with us all again and don't you love that that emphasis and all it's it. not like he's gonna just give it to some. no he wants it for everybody yeah
0: that's right. In every way. And, th- and this goes yeah. to our reading from Sunday, which is John chapter 20, the night that Jesus had risen from the dead. And there they were, um, united in fear. You know, they yeah. weren't united yeah. in, we're going to go do something. No, they were united in fear with a locked door. And Jesus's first words were, was, uh, peace be with you. And he said yeah. it twice. And, I, and that goes right into, we say, Lord, uh, give us peace this day. So, but we're in chapter three of Second Thessalonians. Uh, anything else before we move into the text, Pastor?
1: Well, I, I as I'm just looking over this real quickly. <laughs> the, the other thing we're going to see here is this whole business of, of imitation, because that that was actually in First Thessalonians too. See, this is mm-hmm. good because now it we is. can talk about how both letters, because uh, that's what Paul is trying to do here too, reminding us that that uh, see because there, there's the ditch on the other side of the road. So so oh, oh yeah, we have peace of the Lord, and, and so then you have that whole thing in James that someone comes to you in need and you just put your hand on him say. Oh, well, the peace of the Lord be with you. And James says, no, if someone comes to you and they're hungry, you need to feed them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so we've got that, that balance here as well. That that again, when we, see, we, we're not like the Buddhists either. When we're not talking about peace, we're not talking about nirvana, are being separated from the world, but quite the opposite. We're talking about being very active in terms of loving and caring for the people around us. Uh, and that, of course, is the example that Paul has given to the Thessalonians. Uh, um, and, and so now that is, what we imitate, which of course Paul is simply imitating the lord jesus too it's It's not right. like we're loving paul but but because of the presence of the Lord now we're going to love like Paul loved, yeah, so' I'm looking forward to those thought. yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to those verses because he says some things in there that you're like, hmm, that's interesting, how would we?" Yeah. Fit that with the rest of Scripture, but first he talks about prayer. So I am, I'm, 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 in, I'm very intrigued with your thoughts on this, and um, because when we talk about prayer, sometimes we don't talk about it the same way he is here. So yeah. verses one and two. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as <laughs> happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. So what struck me with these verses. is is that he says, "Pray for us." So this obviously is Timothy and Silas and himself, but he says, "Pray for me. Pray for us." And I found this interesting because I was thinking, if I I don't usually ask someone to pray for me unless it's kind of like a. Uh, sometimes we jokingly say in the church, like, oh, I have three girls, pray for me. (laughs) You know, that's kind of how we talk. But here he's serious. He says, pray for us so that we'll be kept from the evil ones and that the word of God may go out even faster. And I mean, not even faster, but may go out speedily and be honored wherever we may go. I found that interesting that he asked for a very serious thing to pray for me. Any reflections on that?
1: Well, I so so here's the thing. Wow, what a what a perfect example for all of us. Uh, because I think, uh, especially as pastors, we, we get up and we think, oh, man, we've got all this stuff we need to do, and, and we're going to get at it, and we're going to accomplish this. Uh, yeah, you go through that during Holy Week and Easter. You've got this tremendous uh, task ahead of you, uh, visiting people, bringing them communion, all these services that need to be done and everything. Uh, but don't you see, Paul says, you know, probably what you should do first of all is you should, you should have people praying for you. Not, not mm. You should pray for yourself, no doubt. That's a good thing. I'm not denying that. You know, Luther said right. that the more he had to accomplish, the longer he spent in prayer. But, right. but isn't it a neat emphasis here that Paul says, we need to be inviting people to pray for us. Uh, because that's the thing We're not going to be able to accomplish this But we do need to know that we can Accomplish everything necessary Through the Lord Jesus Christ And isn't it cool to know That not only is the Lord Jesus Christ Supporting us, but we've got these Fellow Christians that are Supporting us as well And mm-hmm. so yeah, I agree with you Brady that That's a, a profound insight we, we all need to be doing that We all need to be calling upon our, our brothers I want to talk about that uh, in a moment uh, mm-hmm. To be praying with us and for us yeah wouldn't wouldn't Mm -hmm. we be a much better church if we were doing that instead of everybody getting up and setting out and trying to do things on their own
0: right yeah yeah exactly exactly and and i love and it shows you once again that what they're dealing with is what we're dealing with today there is evil there is wickedness and not all have faith so we probably should get praying even more because this is the reality that we live with is that there's many that do not have faith. So we pray that the word may be proclaimed and given out to the nations. Last thoughts and, and on those Brady, verses.
1: And Brady, isn't that isn't that a cool thing too? So mm-hmm. so we know there are people that are that are that are not believers. And they are probably the people that are giving us trouble. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, certainly for Paul, right? Mm-hmm. So what does Paul say? Yeah. Let them all go to hell? <laughs> no, 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 he says, you, you pray for me, because this is difficult. But pray for me, because we want these people to believe, too. The very people that, that are driving me out of these cities are the very people that I would have be saved. Uh, and and, and mm-hmm. that's particularly striking, because, of course, it, it, it's, it's these Jewi- Jewish people that are opposing him. If you, if you read it in Acts, It's the Jews that drove him out of Thessalonica, you know. And yet, who does Paul go to first when he goes into a city? He always goes to the synagogues. Uh, and he knows he's going to get trouble. <laughs> in mm-hmm, fact, in yeah, several yeah. cases, it's it's why he has to leave the town. And yet, that's what he does because he really, truly wants these people to have faith. So, see, that's that's a neat thing. Oh, and, and I did want to point out this whole term "brothers" because we just mm-hmm. we just hear that, right? Oh, yeah, they're my brothers in Christ. But what we need to realize that's not the the term at first for the followers of Jesus. That uh, They are called disciples, they are called servants, they are called slaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but particularly in this Easter season is why I bring it up. It's only after Jesus is resurrected from the dead that Jesus says, Go tell my brothers that I go oh. before you into Galilee. So this is a cool term because this term is based upon the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, Paul couldn't refer to his fellow Christians as brothers. So every time you hear the word brothers in Paul's letters, remember that that's the context that the Lord Jesus has given him permission to refer to these people as if they are part of his family. And they are, uh, as, as we are too, we're part of Paul's family as well, of course. We are also the uh, sons of the heavenly Father too. So that's how you get to be brothers. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So kind of a resurrection reality um, in Scripture yep. that we, yep. I guess, have never never noticed that before. So this is this is good. Um, let's move on to verses three through five. But the Lord is faithful; He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you. That you are what you are that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. But the Lord is faithful. I love that it's maybe a smack dab in the middle of all of this. What does it mean that the Lord is faithful?
1: Well, and see, that's the whole fun thing now. Actually, maybe it was good that I did 1 Thessalonians, because you did it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very really good that I... Because isn't that, as you went through First Thessalonians, wasn't that kind of the testimony? In fact, he says the things we did were not in vain, because uh, he knows all the complications, all the troubles, and yet in every instance there was a church, right? He goes right. to Philippi and gets driven out, and yet the, the, the jailer of all people in Philippi is converted and has his whole family baptized. And, and the same thing, they're driven out of Thessalonica, and yet there's a church here in Thessalonica that he can still be writing to. Uh, so I think that's that's the point. Uh, just because you've got problems, and just because things are opposing you, and, and they're listed here, wicked and evil men, and, and the evil one, which of course is the devil. But that's okay. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the Lord mm-hmm. is faithful. The things that get done will still be done. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's something I, I think about two things with this. It goes back to the verses that we read to begin with is that now may the Lord of peace himself. So it starts with him, you know, and then Paul does this continuously um, speaking about, OK, this this ministry is the Lord's and there's no clear example of that than when the Thessalonians kick him out and then they kick him out again. And they probably followed him even beyond the Bereans. I mean, just think about he's, he's on his way to Corinth and those guys are so following him, just making sure he doesn't stop in the next town, that he that he goes all the way to Greece. So, you know, who knows? We don't know that. But uh, just imagine that because that's just kind of how it sounds like they were. And even in the midst of those kind of folks, the Lord is faithful to build up his church, even in that place. And it also reminds me of, of something that kind of drives me nuts is, you know, you have those moments where you're frustrated with whatever it might be. And then you always have that one pastor friend or other Christian friend who will remind you, usually at the time you don't want to be reminded, but the Lord is faithful. <laughs> and you yes, hear that yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, come on now. I, want to, be, I want to be a downer here for a bit longer. But, but Paul's, Paul's doing that. He's that friend that reminds us, by the way, this wasn't about you to begin with, because the Lord is faithful. So other thoughts so, on these verses
1: so, so I'm talking with a uh, pastor bittner who is who's now my pastor that that's a strange thing you know oh, okay. he, he, I, I'm a member of his church, you know uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so I'm doing just what you said. I'm whining and complaining about how the church and the problems we're having and we're on the decline and talking particularly about our parishes here because we're small parishes, we're in a rural area and, and everyone's moving everyone's leaving. I don't know how it's going up there in Minnesota, but everybody's moving into the big city. And so we don't have Hmm. people here. Uh, And and he looks at me, he says, well, you know, John, you got to remember, we we really don't know about the future of any given congregation, but we do know that no matter what happens, the church— Will still be here, and see there you go. Just what you said, yeah. The Lord is faithful, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and that's the beautiful thing that Paul is reminding us of here. And and, and the thing that I love about what Paul is doing here is, is this constant reference to the word of the Lord. So how can I mm. be sure of what I just said? How can you be sure the, the 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 Lord is faithful? Well, it's because what He's promised in His word. And, and I do notice that the word command here that you are mm-hmm. doing and will do the things that we command. Uh, again, the, the, the Greek word there is actually another form of that word, angelos, uh, mm-hmm. messenger, message. Yep. Uh, uh, so that's why Paul is saying, uh, you know, you, you've been given this word of God, this this message that has been proclaimed by us. And, and 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 I don't know about me, Paul says, but I do know about the word of the Lord. And it is trustworthy, and whatever it says, that's what will be accomplished. Um, and, and isn't it really neat, too, Brady? So what does he direct their attention? Does he say, so go out there and work harder, right? <laughs> no, that's what you need to right. do. No, no, he says, here's what you pray. And this is what you want you to pray for me, too, right? Pray for yeah. us. Pray for me. Pray that our hearts are directed to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. That's where our focus needs to be on. And I just think that's so super cool. Because, see, that's not what we do. We direct people's attention to their hard work and their effort. Same for ourselves, right? Oh, we're going to work harder. We're going to get this accomplished. And Paul says, well, no wonder you got problems. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh,
0: the and, steadfastness and verse... of Christ, the love of God. Yeah, go ahead. Right. In verse 3, one of the things I noticed is that he will establish you. And that was oh, striking yeah. as I, uh, you know, just that, that he, 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 he anchors us with him and guard you against the evil one. Now, for me, I was excited to look into some Greek things here because I knew you would yeah. be looking into some Greek things. Of course, <laughs> it's a different chapter, a different book. But, um, yeah. but when you look at it, that, that talks about guard. It's phulexe. And, and that's the same, uh, the root of the word that was with the shepherds. So it's a shepherd, it's a guarding term of shepherds. And the noun that was used in Luke chapter two, verse eight, when it says that the shepherds were guard, you know, were watching over their flock by night. And so this goes with that analogy of our Lord being our shepherd, being the one who keeps us from the wolves, who keeps us from evil. And um, and then you can't help as you looking at keeping us from the evil one, uh, uh, Psalm 121, the Lord will he will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. I was looking at all of that, and you just you think about, wow, you know, not only is God, like, carrying us or leading us or we're following him, but also he's the one protecting us from so much evil, we don't even know how much he's protecting us every day of our life. So He he brings so much into these words, these first five verses. Last thoughts. We have a minute left
1: and and what's what's cool about uh, bringing in the shepherding image there is see we we do we we fall away we we do things wrong, and, and right away the devil comes in and says, "Oh yeah, well, sure, he made all those promises to good Christians, but no don 't believe any of that stuff applies to you anymore, mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing up that whole uh, imagery of the guard as the one who's the shepherd, because we know precisely what a shepherd does when his sheep fall away, and he goes looking for him." And so right. open your eyes and, and, again, turn to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And no, no, you're not out of the picture anymore. No, in fact, the Lord Jesus is right there waiting to, waiting to take you up in his arms and carry you back to the family. So, so even when we fall away, I'm not suggesting we should do that, like John says. Not that we should sin, but if we do sin, well, we know we've got an advocate, don't we? Uh, we've mm-hmm. got the propitiation, which is Jesus Christ.
0: And may the Lord direct our hearts back to his love. But right now we need to take a break and we'll be digging more into the question of idleness in the Christian life. But we'll be right back as we are concluding our study of Second Thessalonians with Pastor John Lukomsky. And we'll be right back. (laughs) on Issues Etc. We'll discuss Lutheran church bodies in America with Dr. Cameron McKenzie. We'll have Pastor Tom Baker lead us in a Sunday school lesson on Old Testament Prophet Jonah and we'll continue our series What I Wish My Non-Lutheran Family Members Knew with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, breathing, Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. And welcome back. We are studying Second Thessalonians Chapter 3 with Pastor John Lekumsky. I want to give a little bit of an update of where we are going from here. We, had been, we have been going through the epistles, following uh, Paul's journeys throughout the Mediterranean these last few months. And now we move forward. And w- two things that we're going to do. First of all, when we tr- my goal is when we transition from one, one book to the next, that we dig into the Psalms, that we spend time in prayer, that we start digging in. So tomorrow we'll be looking right at the beginning, Psalm chapter one, with Dr. Timothy Seleska from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And this is particularly important because he's one and an exegetical professor, a, a Bible teacher. Um, at Concordia Seminary, but also he wrote the commentary on Psalm 1 through 50, uh, Concordia commentary from CPH. So we're excited to have him on tomorrow. We'll do another Psalm on Thursday, and then Friday we begin our new study on 1 Kings. And that will be a lot of fun because we're going to just go through all the Kings, uh, uh, 1 Kings and 2 Kings, probably all the way into July. So be ready. It's a fascinating part of Scripture, but also point. Us to the grace of God, so that's what's coming up next. Excited to be in God's Word and the gift of what our Lord will point us. Obviously, always pointing us to Christ. So, what do you think? Uh, 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 Psalms and First Kings. What do you think, Pastor?
1: That, that should be exciting, uh, uh, because actually, uh, my wife and I have been reading through the Bible, and just uh, a few months ago, we went through 1 Kings. So even oh. if I happened to write down the wrong passage, <laughs> at least I would have studied it. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: I would have read it in previous. So that's Here good. Go. That's safe. We're safe there.
0: <laughs> I'll send you a text the day before, not the morning of, evidently. So we'll get well, that. Well,
1: you know, the problem is, it's me, because I realized, I'll bet you it said Second Thessalonians, that I just wrote down first. So, (laughs) such is
0: life. All right, so let's keep moving here. Now, he talks about something unique that I'm really going to be fascinated to hear your thoughts and if you have any questions out there um, about this, because it says words like idleness and acts as if it's a sin. And how do we put that all together in Scripture? So, verses six through eight. Now, we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. So here, he's very explicit here. Keep away from anyone who's walking in idleness. That's my question. How does this all fit when we talk about the tradition you received? We obviously get an example from Paul that he didn't just go and sit around and wait for people to give him grapes. You know, I mean, he, he went there, he worked, didn't even pay for his own. I mean, he paid for his own bread when someone handed her, or however that worked. But he's speaking about idleness. How is he speaking about it here?
1: Well, okay. So the first thing that that, that we need to realize is that uh, when the English translates uh, translates idleness. Hold on just a second. I, I'm gonna go look at my Please. King James. Okay, yeah. See, King James actually does a much much better uh, of translating that word. Uh, and, and I understand why they translated idleness because then Paul gives an example of what he did, where as you mm. said, he 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 worked, he labored. He didn't expect somebody to pay his bill. Uh, um, but 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 the word. I, I, well, I'll read you the. Key. King James, because actually, please do, it, King, please do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now we command you, and again, it's that uh, paraangelo word. So it, it, it's in the sense we proclaim to you. We, this is what we said to you. That that's the emphasis of the word there. Uh, now, as we said to you, uh, brothers, there's the brother word again, uh, in the name of our Lord yeah. Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. Walketh mm. disorderly. Well, walketh there. You know, that's that's not the way we would speak. But but that's the that's the sense of the word there in the Greek. Uh, it, it is uh, it, it is to be without order. It's actually the word for order, but it's got that prefix on it that means the negative, uh, like we do too. We put a negative in front of a word to to mean well that. So these people are not doing the way things should be done. They're they're disorderly. And then Paul goes on to give us a specific example of how he was orderly, uh, and he was orderly in that he came and he he got a job and he did things. But just so you understand, he's not just talking about people who aren't working he's talking about anybody as he says that deviates from what we gave to you Uh, Mm -hmm. that's what tradition is something that's handed down to you Uh, and so they go off in a different way however that is no no you just need to avoid them you need to stay away from them um, so it's not just talking about lazy people, is what I'm saying, but it's talking about mm-hmm. anybody who goes off on their own. I'm going to do my own thing, because uh, that's not how Christians do it. No, no, we, we come together. We agree on the way we're going to do things, uh, and, and we want that orderliness and that unity that reflects, of course, the, the, the unity we have with Christ.
0: And he speaks he speaks here in in another commentary that that I was reading about about the neglecting of daily responsibilities that the Lord has put in front of you, and that's not just a, a you know oh they don't have a job um, kind of language, but just you know just like any of us that we are. We're called to our families we're called to our communities we're called to do different things and we're kind of focused on other things and I think that goes with what you're saying and not walking in an orderly way is is there is there is that issue and 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 I think it's for all of us to look every day and repent and say Lord help me to fulfill the tasks that you've given to me and to do them in a godly and loving way. So it definitely is not just <laughs> the, the tendency for me is you can look at this and go, hmm, now who is the lazy ones in my life? I'm going to point <laughs> them out. <laughs> right. And and that's too easy to do because we all are going to be able to look at ourselves and say, Lord, help me, strengthen me, which is really what, you know, the beginning is, is the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ that we're steadfast in fulfilling these responsibilities. Why? Because that's what the Lord has done for us already. Other thoughts on those so, verses?
1: Well, see, so now thank you because what, 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 what you've done is directed my attention to exactly what, what Paul is talking about and what he talks about in detail in, in like mm-hmm. the book of Ephesians, that, that God has established an order right? Mm. And, and because we're Christians, uh, and because we're now free. We are free in Christ. You literally don't have to do anything to be saved, okay? And, and yet as Christ says, you know, we, we may be free, and yet we're servants of all. And, and, and so God has established an order. And, and so in Ephesians, like he says, so so slaves are supposed to be obedient to, to their masters. Uh, if you're not, then you are, you are uh, disorderly. See, you are the mm. idle one that he's talking about here. Uh, children are supposed to obey their parents. And and if they're not doing that, then again, these are the idle ones. This is the disorderly ones he's talking about here. Uh, there is a relationship between uh, wives and husbands, and husbands and wives, between citizens and their government. And Paul has spelled this out in all of his letters. So actually, you know, this is a great summary. Uh, this is a mm. perique way to end the epistles, because throughout his epistles, he's constantly reminding us of what you said. It's all about the steadfastness of Christ. If you're asking yourself, how do you know that God loves me? How do I know that everything's going to work together for my good? Well, it has nothing to do with anything you're doing. It has to do with Jesus uh, and what he's promised you. That's how you know things will be that way. But does that mean then that we just be disorderly? We just do whatever we want to do? No, no. Uh, hmm. Luther's call it the doctrine of vocation. Right? That's a term uh, you're familiar with. I hope our, mm-hmm. that the fact that God has given everyone a call, we got something to do here. So, right. so thank you. Cause that actually, I think, crystallizes what he's saying here. He's talking about people who don't fulfill their vocation, who think they're just free to do whatever they want to do. No, everyone's got a place. Everyone's uh, fitting into the order, and and the best thing we can do then is to fulfill those things that God has given us to do. Again, not in a way so that God's going to love us, but just the opposite, because as you said, He's already established that. No, God does love us. We have the steadfastness of Christ, Mm. the love of God. That's not a question here, but the question is, is what do we do now that we have those things?
0: And I encourage our listeners to go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, not necessarily right now, but if you're looking at the list, and this fits with what Paul is doing in, for the Thessalonians, is that final instructions, verses 12 through 23, really is a, is a good summary of everything that he tells us to do. Uh, encourage a faint heart to help the weak, be patient with all, uh, do not repay evil for evil, rejoice always, pray with all season, give thanks in all circumstances, and test everything by the word of God and hold fast to what is good and 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 really as we said today we've been told this is that what he writes in the first letter is very similar to what he writes in the second why it's the same sinners it's the same people who need the encouragement and there's always more work to be done obviously resting and leaning on our lord's grace um i found it interesting here too pastor is when he talks about we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it um (laughs) any thoughts on that that you know he's Paul is obviously a hard worker. And does this mean that like kind of like in Minnesota where someone has dinner and you say, okay, what can I bring? Is it something like that, or are we talking about something else?
1: <laughs> well, well, again, you know, he, he actually tells you in the next verse why this is, that it was not because we do not have the right, uh, and, and elsewhere, you know, Paul teaches that, that pastors deserve to be paid for their work, right? The, mm-hmm. the labor is worthy of his hire. Uh, right. So he's not denying that. So so if your parishioners say to you, Brady, hey, we just heard to that Bible study, you ought to be out getting a job. <laughs> right. You might inform right. them, well, now wait a second, that's not exactly what Paul is saying here uh, but but at least in his position as, as one who comes and goes I, I think that's the thing too Paul is not the pastor at Thessalonica but he is the man who got the church started there and when mm-hmm. he came to start it he didn't ask anybody to support him because he wanted people to understand no he's not there to make money Okay. Uh but the situation you have and I had and all pastors have no no we're there. We are the shepherds, going back to that image that God has placed in that place and we should be provided and taken care of because Again, that's, if for the congregation not to do that, that would be idleness on their part. That would be disorderliness on their part. <laughs> See, that's part of the order. Uh, but certainly, Paul is inviting all of us to imitate his example. See, we had that in First Thessalonians 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what he did here, was to give them an example. And, and you know what? Uh, I hope people understand that pastors do toil and labor night and day. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's anything that I would say has made retirement easier is i 'm not on call twenty four hours a day right. and and um that that i'm I'm glad for that because that is a stress to know that any time any place uh people can call us and 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 we will come um not that I would get up at 2 o'clock in the morning when I got a call from the hospital and say, Oh, thank you, Lord.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh, what a yeah. joy
1: it is to get—no, no. No, we're sinful people. We 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 struggle with the flesh like anyone else. But we do it, don't we, Brady? We do it. We do. Because to not do it would be—we would be disorderly. We would mm-hmm. be idle. That's part of the order we're given to to work night and day uh, to take care of our people. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's move on to the next two verses, as you said, that he he speaks further in what he's saying to this point. Verse 9 and 10. It was not because we do not have the right, that right, but to give you and ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone was not willing to work, let him not eat. Now, that last statement, obviously, is one we want to dig into. But here he talks about imitating. Um, can you yeah. speak more to that? Because obviously that's in First Thessalonians as well. And we look at imitation and it gets a little bit weird because we always say follow Christ. But then Paul says this a lot. I mean, we've gone through this so many times in our time in the epistles. Paul says, imitate us. Um, what is he telling us and how do we do that as Christians?
1: Okay, well, well, it's the same thing, and, and it is a burden again uh, uh, as a pastor. Uh, uh, and, and again, why the, the whole orderliness thing here is important because pastors need to realize people look at us and they do follow our example. And that's one of the big struggles, that we need to be really, really careful how we are in front of people. But but again, as, as you pointed out, Paul constantly is reminding them, you're not really imitating me, you're imitating Christ. That's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm imitating Christ. If, if I depart from that, then woe is me. Uh, uh, but, but again... We don't have Jesus here, you know, but you got Paul here. you see what Paul's doing, and so yeah, imitate me as I imitate Christ um and again, I, I like the fact that the word we give you this command, but again, it's that parangela. it's see, I don't like the word command there because it puts us in the realm of the law, whereas I think really what we're talking about here is the fruit of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what you've heard proclaimed. This is what we announced to you. This is how I behaved. This is how I lived. That's what he's saying. I I was not disorderly amongst you. No, I came and and, and wanted to show you an orderly way of living, uh, a, a way that is responsible and shows concern for the people around him. And now please follow me in that. Uh, again, not that this is gonna save you, because we established that. No, it's the steadfastness of Christ, it's the love of God. But this is what people do who have the steadfastness of Christ. This is what I'm doing. And it's so yeah, this is what you should be doing too.
0: So he says, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. I, I read this to my kids um yesterday, because we doing <laughs> devotions and I was reading that. I was like, What do you think? And my my and one of my kids was like, Um, what? So so those are pretty strong words. And I, I think we can all think of examples of where this can happen. There clearly is abuse at times. But what is he saying?
1: Well, I, I don't know, I, Brady. What do you What are you getting at? You tell me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying to get it from you. Yeah. So, I mean, so <laughs> well, you, for, I mean, you've got a example. point here. So, what What is it? I, yeah, well, yeah. I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to work this out in my own heart as well. Yeah. Is um because I don't think I answered my my children very well with this one, but I do remember this story. Is I have a, a pastor friend of mine uh, who was in more of a city context. And there was one individual that kept coming and asking for money. And there was times that they did give money and sometimes they didn't. And one time he had told this individual, I can't give you money today. And and this individual said, But you're not doing what Jesus called you to do. He called you to, you know, love people and to serve people. I mean, this guy knew his Bible, so Good Samaritan, all this. Yeah. yeah. And my friend then said, But it also says for those if you're not if you're not willing to work, that he'll not eat. And that, you know, kind of change, because that also is in the Bible. And so I think there are times you have to bring that exhortation. Like, listen, okay, clearly you are able to go to eight churches in a day and ask for money, and it's time for you to be able to to work here. And those are, that's a very clear understanding of, you know, there, there are times that we need to be this direct. I don't think he's saying that if somebody, you know, huh, is in a needy situation, you'll never help them if they, quote, don't have a job. Um, But there are times that you have to say, I'm going to leave you to the Lord because this is not working out well and you need to be exhorted for a little bit. Thoughts on that?
1: So so now we're back to the—and, in fact, it comes in the next verse where he says, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness. Again, so it's that, that disorderliness mm-hmm. that you're neglecting uh, the order that God has laid out. Uh, and, and so I think you've hit it right on the head. So if we're dealing with somebody who literally is out of work, and they want to work, and they had been working, but now for whatever reason, you know, they find themselves—and uh, as a lot of people did during the time of COVID— well, that's one situation. And and there the church needs to respond with with help and support and food banks and whatever we can do to get people through these difficult times. Uh, But there is another type of person, as you said, who actually has adopted his own order that is not the order that God Uh has provided. And Mm -hmm. and it's funny that you mention that because... We used to have people that did that. They literally would go from church to church uh, and, and not tell you anything about what they might have gotten from, from the United Church of Christ or from the Methodists. They just came with their hand open. And so we actually established an organization called Cessna, Church Emergency Services of New Athens. Everyone likes mm. to have a clever acronym. Yeah, Cessna. yeah. And, and, Cessna. So we all put our stuff together. And so if someone came to us, it wasn't like we didn't know what they got, because we did know what they got, and we gave it out as as a unity. Uh, So you're absolutely right. Um, See, that's the thing people don't understand. Uh, There are no absolutes when it comes to Christian love. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. Christians do. Sometimes Christians don't. Uh, where a person is truly needy, then of course uh, we're, we're not going to do like James. We're not going to put our hand on and say, "God bless you." No, we're going to help and support him. And yet, on the other hand, as you said, there's other times we say, "Well, look, look, uh, you, you have fallen into this idleness that Paul talks about, and and we're not going to help you and support that." But I tell you what, we will do. We'll we'll try to find something orderly for you to do to fit in you know so like the apostle paul you can be you can be earning your own living Uh, um so yeah i i appreciate your point there uh, especially Mm -hmm. to remind us that no it's not always just one solution sometimes christians do sometimes christians don't but we always do it out of love that's the tricky part because sometimes we don't because we're just we're the idle ones, right? We're the disordered right. ones. We're the ones that don't want to give the money because we want to keep it for ourselves.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And that's why he says, direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. I, I love how yeah, you pointed right. that out. And, and we always need that person or someone to direct our hearts, which is obviously God and the Holy Spirit. Let's finish these next, last two verses, and I think we'll be able to really um, delve into this a little bit more. Verses 11 yeah. and 12. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Now, I want to tell this story because, because there are times that you can be busy, but you're not busy at work you're just ah, being a busybody. Yep. So here here's an example. <laughs> I had a, one of our beloved members lost his father a number of years ago now, and and they always told a story about how dad always said you got to be working, you know, to take a nap would be sinful almost and that'd be part of the idleness issue, right? Naps equal idleness yeah. or something. Yeah. And and so they would just kind of joke about how they would they would try to appease dad by, you know, going outside and just digging a hole. And then by the time they were done, they would fill back in and then they'll go in and say, I did something today. And just kind of one of those little, little, you're not really getting anything done, but you're sure looking busy. And as Christians, we got to be careful with that, too. Are we running around looking like we're doing something, but the whole time we're just being busy bodies and we're not helping anybody? We're just running around. And are we being focused on the word of God or are we just doing a bunch of activities um, and that's something I, I think he's definitely addressing here as a church, where we can get just really busy, and the whole time we're not praying, we're not in the Word of God, we're just administrating ourselves to the point where we don't even know what our real purpose is. So, thoughts on those verses?
1: And, and and, uh, Brady, I think that, boy, uh, that hits home for me, because I, I think that's one of the biggest problems that we do struggle with in the, in the church today, is we just have lots of activities, Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not just talking about activity. Uh, we're talking about praying to the Lord. Uh, that's how we begin this whole study. Have pray for us. We pray to uh, show us what our part is, what our role is, what, where do we fit in the order. Uh, that God has established, and, and then as as and I love that, don't you encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so so again we're we're not going to accomplish this. Trust me, that that guy who comes from church to church, uh, you know, we we need to confront him, but but if there's going to be a real change in him, that's going to have to come from the Lord Jesus Christ. So let let's pray for that. That we're not, as you said, that we're not just busy, but but we're doing what the Lord has given us to do, both in terms of. Of sharing the Word of God but also in terms of of loving and caring for people in, in, in their individual needs and, and as I said we, we all have a part to play there whether we be a son or our, our parent or whether we be a, a citizen or, or maybe we're a, a part of the government a policeman or a judge or whether we're a husband or a wife we've all got a role to play uh, and, and that's that's the work we need to do not not just being busy at doing at doing things
0: And it goes back to Colossians, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. And that's that's an important distinction that I think, well, you read Paul and sometimes you feel like you're you're repeating yourself. Like you said, the imitating piece, um, he's speaking here, always going back to the encouragement and the Lord Jesus, command and encourage, which I think is interesting, that law, gospel kind of dynamic that Paul has. And for us as Christians that we preach the law, we preach the gospel to remind people that, that, yeah, we need to be pointed back to Christ, and yes, we need to be forgiven and to be strengthened on that foundation. Um, We have about four minutes left here, and we have three verses, and these are good verses that also relate to other parts of Paul's epistles. So, let's dig in. 13 through 15. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So he ends with the same word you said: the resurrection reality that we are yep. a brother, which I I love that he keeps doing that. It brings us back to our identity in Christ. Other thoughts on these verses.
1: Well, there's two things that are just really, really striking about this. Uh, first of all, uh, see, see, the English keeps wanting to push us in in the way of the law. So we we have the word command, but in the Greek, it's mm. really more than this this proclamation. The same thing here with this word obey. And again, I, I'm not denying that. Okay, yeah, it has, but but it comes from the root of of, of hearing. Uh, now, now of course the point here is is that sometimes, and, and you were talking about your kids, and I think that's cool that you you do devotions with your kids and your kids are asking mm-hmm. questions, but you don't know sometimes you say something to your kids and and as we used to say it goes in one ear and out the other, right right <laughs> right yeah so so the sense of the word it's a hepakuo here it, it is the word for to hear but yes it is that you actually take it to heart. <laughs> All right. right? But but don't you understand? See, that's different than someone saying, here's a commandment, you should do this. Uh, it's a different mm. than saying, okay, here's something that the Lord is speaking to you now please believe it and take it to heart. Because that's what he's asking people to do here. He's not, isn't that neat? Because he's not asking, he's not saying, here's a list of rules I need you to follow. In fact, a- as you illustrated, that's the problem. Sometimes you're going to do this, sometimes you're going to do something different. But whatever you do, I want you to be doing it in accordance with the Word of God and what you've mm. heard, what was proclaimed to you. But But the thing that I really like about this is this verse, do not regard him as an enemy. Because that's what we do, isn't it? As soon as people aren't doing what they should be doing right away and I would hate to say it but that's how I probably regarded these poor people who came to the church and who were right. I, I, I kind of looked at them as my enemies and man, God forgive me for that because no, I, I need to see them as people who God loves and wants to save, who who wants to be my brother uh, but that's, that's why you do what you said earlier that's why you said no, nah, I, I don't think I can just give you money here because that is not going to serve mm-hmm. you that will not be the loving thing to do
0: and do not grow weary in doing good. I mean this goes to Galatians six, one of my favorite parts of uh, of Galatians, for sure is let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up and and this and this goes back to that piece where he says, direct our hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ when we do good things that's where focuses. focus is. But for us, you know, and I know that you give someone money you give them food or something, and then you never see them again, or you see them buying alcohol later on that day or something. Yeah. That's when he yeah. gets frustrating. And, you know, do not give up, Paul tells us. Uh, do not regard him as an enemy, though. But there are times you need to take responsible actions among this. So there's a lot in here that we could keep going. We have about a minute left. So last thoughts you have?
1: Well, so here's the thing, too, Brady. I, I think it's a good reminder that sometimes it does get weary, okay? Because, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I, I've had thoughts, well, if I do something nice and I do it right, everything's going to be fine. That's all. If I can just find the right thing to do, everything's going to be fine. And mm-hmm. Paul reminds us over and over again in these letters, no, sometimes it's just hard. And it's hard because we live in a sinful world. The devil is still out there. Trust me, he's not working on our behalf. So sometimes it does get weary. But don't, don't give up, though, even though you're feeling weary, because we've got all these beautiful promises about the fact that the Lord is going to be faithful. So just keep doing what you need to do, and remember, as the text then concludes, that the Lord will be with you all. So...
0: Pastor John Lukomsky is co-host of Wrestling with the Basics here on KFUO, giving us Christ as we conclude 2 Thessalonians, not 1 Thessalonians. Pastor Lukomsky, thank you for being our guest.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Brady. It was a good study.
0: Saints of our Lord, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not give up. The Lord is faithful. That's what it's about anyways, that he may direct our hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And may He keep you safe in the palm of His hands.